This podcast is sponsored by Subject 6, the new novel by William J. Robson, which is being called Iron Man meets Serial, and looks at how the world would react if a superhero really did come and try and save the day. What happens next is a fight for belief, survival, and understanding. Subject 6 by William J. Robson. Order yours on Amazon now. Ho, ho, ho! Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of year. It's time for the Draft Fantasy Christmas Podcast. Let's roll the music. The Draft Draft Fantasy Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. Christmas Christmas Podcast. And it's Christmas! Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Welcome to the Draft Fantasy Christmas Podcast. I'm Alfie, of course. I'm I'm all alone. I'm all alone at Christmas. Can you believe it? Manners is off doing family things. And uh, it's just that time of year. Maybe, well, he's not letting on, but I think perhaps maybe he's in charge of Santa. Uh, He goes and perhaps he is Santa, something like that. And he's going to bring us all nice gifts. Or probably not. That's the reality. But who cares? I'll tell you what, let's do the Game Week 17 roundup. Crystal Palace proved they don't need no Saha as Milivojevic spanks home to beat Leicester. Spurs quick past every surge in Burnley side thanks to a little Christian aid. Wolves cast Bournemouth aside to prove they're still pretty solid with a 2-0 win. Fulham lose again and West Ham win again. Coincidence? We think not. Southampton enjoy life under Alpine clock by ending Arsenal's 22-game unbeaten run with a late Charlie Austin winner. And of course, just in case you've had your head stuck in a box, Man United lost at Liverpool, resulting in Jose getting the sack. <laughs> You may have read about it a bit on Twitter. So five clean sheets this week. Palace, Newcastle, Spurs, Wolves, West Ham. The assist king was, of course, Leroy Sané. Assisting defenders, Manquillo, Monreal, Bernardo, Matt Target, or Target, Lucas Dean. Uh, goal kings, Mkhitaryan, Shakiri, Danny Ings, Jesus. Goal scoring defenders this week's Holibas. And that's about it, really. No red cards. This week's top players, Mkhitaryan, Shakiri, Ings, Delafeo, Jesus, Azard. And top players overall, yeah, Salah, Azard, and Sterling. How's about that? And of course, I've got some stats for you. Oh, yeah, I do. We still get the statty wats. Uh, so, following Liverpool's win against Manchester United, Jurgen Klopp has now beaten all 26 teams that he's faced in the Premier League. Stead. Charlie Austin has scored in all five of his Premier League games against Arsenal. And, ooh, as Spurs scraped by Burnley, Moscherino. <laughs> Mauricio Pochettino, that's his name, has won his 100th Premier League game as Spurs manager in his 169th game. That's 10 games quicker than it took Arsene Wenger to reach that figure at Arsenal. And there you go, that one, that's from a mate Ryder, who is a Arsenal fan. Good. Uh, so um, what we're going to do, it's just me, but we have got the secret journalist. I'm going to speak to the secret journalist, of course. And we've uh, we've got a small little subject known to you and I as Jose Mourinho that we're going to discuss. And we're going to talk about the implications of his departure and what that will do for fantasy points. And will it do anything? I mean, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I mean, 
Would it change much? I don't think it will personally. But we'll talk about that. And we're going to talk through some fixtures. There's so many fixtures. There's four game weeks coming up. Four game weeks. So we're going to discuss those. And um, I'm trying to work out where those points are coming from. Oh, such a headache this time of year. What a headache. Families don't understand. They think it's all about buying presents and, and doing stuff and having fun and drinking eggnog. No. It's about getting those fancy points. Without those fancy points, next year is going to be a killer. All right? Yeah, good. I'm glad I got off my chest. Right, let's not delay any further. Let's, let's crack straight on now and speak to the secret journalist. The secret journalist. Shh, it's a bloody secret. Hello, Phil. Hello, Alfie. Ho, ho, ho. Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> it's the the most wonderful time of the year. It's the, the single most wonderful time of the year. And uh, being it's the single most wonderful time of the year, there's obviously some big news at the moment. Big news mm. that we should crack straight on with. All yeah. over Twitter, uh, you haven't killed any more pets. No, no, they're all alive. Just. I, um, I almost killed the cat. Um, one of the cats, uh, they've got this new trick where we've got one of those divan bed things and they like to, they've figured out how to pull the drawers out of the bed and so they get into the bed and we don't know they're there and um, one of them got into the bed and I and I kind of opened one of the drawers and there he was just staring up at me so I tried to get him out and I nearly pulled him in half getting him out of the bed so, and yeah, I nearly, he, he let me know about it as well because he was, he was sulky with me for about two days he wouldn't look at me um, but yeah, so but he's alive, so that's a plus. It's good news, isn't it, going into 2019? It is. You know... good news. Uh, I mean, look, there's there's time yet. We're, we've still we've still got a few days before uh, before we kick into 2019. So you know, there's there's every, there's every chance that a pet might die. Hey you, what you gonna do? Hey you, what you gonna listen to? Hey you, know you got to draft fantasy podcast of a shot. Okay, so in the second biggest news, mm. Jose is gone. He has, yeah. Uh, now, we've got to try and figure out what the implications this has for fantasy football. Will it have any implications? Yeah, well, yeah, of course it will. Um, as, as any, I mean, any manager leaving a job uh, will, has a knock-on effect in terms of players coming in. And I think even more so for, for Mourinho because he was such a... I don't know what's the best word. Quite stubborn, I think. Obviously, and that's putting it in the politest way. When it came to team selection, I think he clearly got a, a very clear notion in his head of players he didn't trust and players that he did. And I think some more high profile than others over the last few weeks. Uh, and I think that and you know, new manager coming in, particularly the song and dance that Manchester United have made about the criteria under which Solskjaer is, is expected to operate and the things they expect him to bring to the club, that they, they've made it pretty clear in, in, you know, without naming names, the players that they probably expect to be in that starting eleven. So, yeah, I think there are players who are currently out of the team who are definitely going to be in the team more often going forward. And, uh, yeah, so let's talk about Solskjaer. So he's come in, and like you said, he will be under pressure to play... Attack, attack, attack. But surely United's uh, side should surely uh, learn how to defend, defend, defend. Well, I, I, the things that I, I, you say he's under pressure, I, I think in a way, I mean, yeah, any any job, any like team that's at the top of the league, a, a manager is going to be under pressure to do certain things and, and to, to achieve things. But 
in a way, I think because of the way the season's gone and the, and the ill feeling that's generated towards Mourinho, Solskjaer's got a bit of a free hit here in terms of actual you know, lack of pressure as a manager. He can go in and, and I don't think anyone's expecting him to kind of propel them into a title challenge. It would be a bonus for him if he got them in the top four. And if he does, and I, and I saw there was one or two bits and pieces flying around today um, that some of my colleagues at work were talking about saying that Solskjaer is actually a, a little bit more in the frame for the job permanently than people assume he is. Because I think he was billed as sort of this interim manager. And I think everyone's just assumed that that means they'll go for Pochettino in the summer. But I think Solskjaer has, has an opportunity here to do something. But he also comes armed with a lot of goodwill. Um, he... Um, obviously played you know very successfully for them back when they really were a force and I think he comes armed with the the kind of sentiment and the feeling from the fans of of being a very popular figure uh, as far as attacking football is concerned I know that we didn't see a lot of it in this country when he was at Cardiff because yeah. you know for numerous reasons I think I mean I've read one or two things I've got colleagues in Cardiff who have discussed this with me before and I just think he tried to maybe do something down there that they didn't have the players to achieve Plus, also, they didn't have the budget to bring the players in to, to fuel it. But at, at Molde, they, they play attacking football there. They, they, he tries to play in an attacking way. So I can only see that he's going to try and continue that with the resources he's got available for him at, at Man United. So which players are likely to benefit? Obviously, Pogba will be brought back into the frame. He's, he's the big one. He's the big one because he, now that... And this would be the same for any manager. But I think particularly it became a little bit toxic between Mourinho and Pogba to the sense that Mourinho would never, he'd never outright say that he thought Pogba was this or that. But there were always reports coming out in the paper and, and, and there was always that sense that he maybe didn't feel that Pogba was, was pulling his weight as much as he should have done. Now, whether you agree with that or not, Solskjaer coming in now gives him a, gives him a sort of blank canvas really to some extent you know all all of that that former amount of hard feeling between manager and player like completely dissipates and I think it would be foolish of Solskjaer not to pick Pogba and I think he will he will I mean the thing is he's he's been out of the team for a significant amount of time Pogba um, notably in the last few weeks but he's still the player that has had more impact sort of in the positive end of the pitch for Man United than any other. And I know that might sound weird because he, a lot of the time it sounds like he's just meandering, it looks like he's meandering around the pitch and maybe not being as effective as he could be. But he's had more shots than anyone else at Man United. He's created the most amount of chances of any player, uh, like an open player uh, for Manchester United still. And that's with him being outside. So if you can get him in there and harness him right, then obviously he's a massive asset. And, yeah, Solskjaer will pick him. Of course he'll pick him. Yeah. Well, there's nowhere for uh, Pogba to hide now, is there? And plus also, like, if it, you, why would you go into a new club with, with that, has, that has made it very clear that you, they want you to play attacking football, they want you to nurture not only the, the kind of youth players that they, they've got, but also the talent they've spent a lot of money on? You wouldn't go in there and immediately you know, kind of keep out the world's most expensive footballer or, or what, what, you know, he once was the world's most expensive footballer. And you, you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't cut your nose off to spite your face in that regard. You'd play him. Yeah. So does that mean then, um, Juan Mata is going to be a big part in this? Well, I, I, Mata's interesting because I, I, looking at it from the outside and granted, I, you know, you've set yourself up to look foolish with this kind of stuff, but I think, um, he'll, probably initially go for go for the kind of dependable players if you know what I mean he'll go for a mixture of youth and experience but he'll pick the players that 
that have got a bit more of a track record and a, and a bit more dependable. And I think Matter probably falls in that category. I suspect that what you'll see is he'll bring Pogba into midfield, who will probably play um, alongside Herrera and Matic in a kind of you know three-man midfield. But I think Matter is probably your ideal man for playing at number 10. And I think that that's probably the way he'll go. Good, because I picked him up. And I need him yeah. to score points. Yeah, I did notice that. And I knew there was, uh, I knew that was a leading question. Anyway. But no, I, I, think he'll, I think he'll play him, at least at the start, and give him, and give him the sort of chance. Because Matter is, he is a dependable figure. I mean, he, he, he has dips in form, like, like a lot of players do. But I think he is that, that kind of dependable figure who can, who, who can provide something like a spark or something creative. And if they are going to be an attacking side, then, then Matter very much fits in with that notion of playing attacking football. Mm. So, Ollie's, uh, Ollie's next four fixtures, quite favourable, aren't they? You've got Cardiff, Huddersfield, Bournemouth and Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, you, you couldn't really ask for a, a better little set of fixtures, really, to, to, to come at your uh, early doors. I mean... Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, there's no coincidence to it. I can only imagine that that Manchester United will have looked at the fact that they've got those. They knew they were obviously going to Liverpool, and that was a bit of a that was a, it was never going to be an easy game for them. They were always likely to get beat there. But I wonder whether they have looked at the fact that they've got those four fixtures coming up in a very short space of time, and they can't afford to lose any of them. So something. I mean, and if they went into it with Mourinho with the kind of how toxic it had become. They were they were chancing around them. They might they might drop some points in those games. But now they've suddenly got goodwill. They're going into games against teams that theoretically they should be. Everyone should be on a high. It's yeah, it's looking good for them. I think. Well, I was looking at it the other way. I was thinking they couldn't afford for Jose to be in charge for those four games just in case they won them all. Then they couldn't sack him. <laughs> and then they couldn't sack him. Yeah. Either, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, just, they needed that excuse. And to be fair, I mean that Liverpool game that that oh that smelled and looked all across the board as the kind of game after which a manager gets sacked. Yeah. Everything was wrong about that. You know, the team played awfully. The, the Liverpool fans were chanting for him to stay. You know, when you when one of your bitterest <laughs> rivals are singing songs asking for you to keep the manager that you've got, then I think it's time probably to bin him. They'll be all right. Generally, they'll, they'll probably be all right for the rest of the season. I'm not expecting them to get in the top four, but they'll, they'll be fine for the, for the rest of the season, I would think. And I don't think Solskjaer will, will actually do a bad job. I'm sure he'll go in there and he'll, he'll, he'll do a half-decent job. It's, uh, you know, the, there, is, there are some players, that will be, I mean, the other players that will definitely benefit from him being there are probably Rashford and Lingard, I would think, because they're the two most high-profile young players they've got and the two young players that maybe, you know, noticeably haven't improved under Mourinho. And Man United made a very pointed uh, aspect of their, you know, pointed statement in, in, in what they said after Mourinho had gone that they want the manager to develop young players. And as far as I can see it, they're the two most high-profile ones that have, that have underachieved. Yeah. Can you feel it? Drift fantasy. Drift fantasy rub, baby. Rub-a-dub-dub, rub-a-dub-dub-dub-dub, rub-a-dub-dub-dub-dub-dub-dub-dub-dub. Why are you always messing with my formation? So that's it. Bye-bye, Jose. There are other fixtures in other clubs, of course. Now, Phil. Yeah, apparently so. Going into Christmas and the New Year, there are four, yeah, yeah four game weeks. Game yes. week 18, 19, 20, 20, game week 18, 19, 20, and 21. Jesus Christ, some people are going to get caught out by this, aren't they? There's going to be a lot of lot of like team selection deadlines passing without people realising it. It's it's going to get chaotic. I think the words you're looking for are shit show. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
And plus, we'll all be drunk for two weeks anyway. So this is this is going to be <laughs> and there's going to be so much rotation. I mean, so yeah. invariably uh, of this time period, do the fixtures do they get tighter or looser? Are there more goals or more clean sheets? Well, and I, I, I don't I, I, without seeing the statistics, I don't know whether whether there's like a, a higher number of goals or clean I I I do know because it's like you said, teams teams rotate, so it's not like they're necessarily a bunch of players that are just flat-out knackered, so therefore loads of goals go in and all this kind of stuff. Teams are going to rotate, and I don't think there's going to be any noticeable lift. I say this, I mean, I, don't, I doubt there'll be any massive noticeable lift in terms of goals and clean sheets. I think it'll stay pretty relatively consistent, but it's it's the, the, it's the team selection thing that's going to be the, the biggest dilemma. I think you, you can't really second-guess you know, goals and, and clean sheets or the, or the amount of them. What you can try and second guess, as, as hard as it is, is who the hell's going to get picked for each yeah. team. I think, particularly seen as we all gravitate towards the, you know, kind of top six clubs, they're the ones that are going to be shifting players around, and suddenly you're going to find Harry Kane's not. Well, Harry Kane's probably a bad example because he'll get picked every week, won't he? but you know, suddenly you're going to find players that are, that are not going to be in the team that you were really kind of banking on like being Mane there. or something like that. Well, yeah, like Liverpool. Liverpool are kind of interesting. I think that. In previous seasons, Liverpool have had a smaller squad, or maybe not necessarily a smaller squad, but a, a squad with a less of a consistency of talent. Like they've been the first eleven, and then a big drop off with the players who've got to come in. But I think Liverpool now have got players sat on the bench that potentially could are, are better than the ones they've had previously. So like Shakiri's starting to prove himself a little bit. So I'm sure he'll get more involvement uh, for Liverpool than he would than um, than he might have done earlier in the season. Um, Sturridge is an option because he can come in and do something up front for them. They've just got they've got better options now, I think. Yeah. So that's we're not going to go through all the fixtures. That would be laughable. That would be ludicrous. It would be ludicrous. Uh, so we picked up some teams in their run-ins. Um, mm. Let's not look at the big teams necessarily. West Ham. I tell you what, they're on a bit of form. Their next yeah. four fixtures: Watford, Southampton, Burnley, and Brighton. How about that? All winnable games, of course. The Watford ones at um, the Watford ones at home, isn't it? Is that right? Are they, are they at home against Watford? No, they're away at Watford. Oh, they are right. There I you don't go. know. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I have got it. I've got, I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling that they're at home. Uh, they're at home. Yeah, I thought they were at home. Um, no, I, I, I think like they're obviously in form, aren't they, West Ham? And and they're uh, was it four on the bounce they've won now? I believe um, so. Yeah. And I think I just think that uh, yeah they could they could end up picking like nine points up out of those three fixtures in in theory. Um, I, I'm not so sure about West Ham at the back in terms of keeping clean sheets. I don't think they're all that hot at, at stopping goals going in, but the, they've started scoring them. And I mean the obvious candidates for picking there in terms of goal is is that uh, Felipe Anderson's the one for him, and he was doing most of the damage. And then Snodgrass as well. Snodgrass has come from nowhere to suddenly cement a place in that team. Mm, looking all lean. And also Antonio might be a big, uh, not bad steal. Well, yeah, I mean, Antonio's, he, he scored in the last game coming off the bench, didn't he? But he's got I two think, in the um, last three, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he's, if if Arnautovic doesn't play and isn't fit, then Antonio's a, a pretty decent option. Plus, he's he's playing quite far forward because he, he, I mean, he's essentially played in every position for West Ham, and he's sort of down one side. Is that he's played at attacking fullback, he plays in midfield, or he plays up front, but he, uh, he seems to have been getting a little run in attack 
His best position, obviously, is uh, his, his main position is run around a lot. That's his position. Yeah, yeah, he does. He just he just a bit Forrest Gump like, and he sometimes <laughs> just tear asking around. But no, he, he could be. Yeah, it'd be a decent option, Antonio. He's um, he's a good player. And uh, after Spurs this week in Everton, I mean, they've been a bit off form, but they haven't looked bad actually. But they got the Burnley, Brighton, Leicester after Spurs, so yeah. they could have a good turn in form, couldn't um, they? Yes, yeah, they could. Uh, Everton, uh, they're another one that maybe you don't want to bank on clean sheets with them. Um, but the, the ever what I find weird about Everton is that the, the, they've got no players that are, that are really prolific. There's no like kind of players in that team who you think, oh, well, he's the one to go to. Like Richarlison is in and out and does okay now and again, but he doesn't. You know, he's not prolific. Um, I, I've got I've got Lucas Digne, and and he. You know he's useful. He, cre- he creates quite a lot of chances, and being a defender, you've always got you know kind of a chance of a clean sheet and also maybe an assist. So he's he's not bad, I think. I like I really like Andre Gomez for them, but he just doesn't score fantasy points. No, he's he's useful. You know he, he's got a lovely touch and he's he's composed and he sets the tempo for him and stuff like that. But he's always going to be that man who plays the pass before the assist. So yeah, I mean Everton Ever- are, are a decent side, and they try to play attacking football as well. So. Yeah, just they're worth a dabble. Wal- Walcott's a frustrating one for them as well. Really frustrating. Ugh. I mean, um, I-, I had him and I've I've dropped him subsequently. Yeah. Uh, he he's there for his work right now. Yeah, but you know that there's going to be a game where he'll score twice, and you'll really regret not picking him up that week. Yeah. And and, and then he and then he'll do nothing for two months. Yeah. He's a workhorse now. He's been fanned out a bit, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, other teams to look out for. Hey, Huddersfield. I know we always bang on about Huddersfield. Yeah, it's a shame they've been, they've been playing well, but they have got two fixtures. Game week 20, they've got Fulham. And game week mm. 21, they've got Burnley. Both winnable, of course. And Fulham don't know well, they're good at the moment, do they? They're, they're interesting. Huddersfield's fixtures, they're pl- they're obviously they're in the bottom three, bottom four. They play in their four fixtures. They play the other three teams in the bottom four. Join their um, join their run. So they're nineteenth, and they play Southampton next. Um, then they've got Man United, but they play Fulham and Burnley, like you just said. So I mean, if if Huddersfield are going to do anything, then you've got to imagine that over these next four fixtures are when they've got to do it. Mm. But they just they, I mean, investing in Huddersfield is is just foolish in, in <laughs> terms of games. It's foolish because they don't score goals. So if they don't score goals, where I mean they're not going to get your points, are they? And and they they, they don't keep many clean sheets. Either. They'll dog it out and they'll battle a little bit. But Aaron Moy's cropped now, and mm-hmm. he's there. Was the one player for them who was starting to show a little bit. Billy Billing's not a bad player, but Billing's a bit Andre Gomez like in that he doesn't really contribute assists or goals. He does a really good job in midfield, but doesn't doesn't contribute. They've got players like Alex Pritchard who. Plays, you know, he's a midfielder. He plays as a sort of really forward attacking player, but he just doesn't provide enough. He's not, he's not worth the investment. Southampton are interesting. And obviously, you know, if anybody who saw that game they played against Arsenal, the difference in how they tried to play football and the work rate and effort and talent that was on display there, as opposed to when Mark Hughes was was part of the of the team, it's just it. Is completely light years ahead of it. So if they can maintain that to any degree, then then Southampton might be someone that everyone's 
kind of stayed away from, you might might, might sniff around a few players. And Nathan Redmond. It's going to happen, surely. Nathan Redmond, the player that promises so much. Yeah. Is it now his time? Is he going to provide those assists? Is he going to get those goals? Do you know what the thing is like? Nathan... I, I look at it right, and he, he he creates chances. He has shots. He doesn't have many shots inside the box, to be fair. But he has a lot. He, he you know he creates chances, and he looks like he's going to provide something. He's going to. And he got an assist in the last game, didn't he? And that, mm-hmm. in that Arsenal thing. And and you just you're always hovering over the button, thinking yeah. right, trade him in, trade him in, trade. And then there's always that little voice in the back of your head that just goes, nah. Don't don't do him. If this is this is an idiot's job. He'll, he'll he'll bring him in for two or three weeks, think he's going to do something, and he'll do f all. So um, maybe now, maybe now is the time for Redmond to to shine. Maybe this is it because he he looked. I mean, he'll play, won't he? So you know, he's in with a shout, and they've um, they've got they've got. I mean, the fi- the fixtures they've got aren't that easy. They're, they're, no, they're not. They're not. Got, they're not uh, no, they're not. Field is is a very winnable game, but. West Ham, Man City, then Chelsea. I mean, Christ, that's that's not an easy run of fixtures towards the end of the festive period, is it? Oh, well, fixtures, eh? Hey, hey Phil, I'll tell you what. Shall we fuck all that off? Right, and uh, do you want to do a bit of a Christmas quiz? (laughs) Oh, Christ, you didn't prepare me for this. don't need to be prepared. It's multiple choice. Right, Okay. I think I've only got about six questions, so it's nice and easy. All right. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, here we go then. So, question one. When was the last Christmas Day game in England held? So, the last... Christmas Day game in England. How was it? A, 1947, B, 1933, C, 1959, or D, 1953? <laughs> uh, 47, 33, 59, 53. 53. <laughs> no, 1959, Coventry against Wrexham and Blackburn versus Blackpool. Oh, there you go. What, what a day out that must have been. <laughs> that would have been Blackburn versus Blackpool. Imagine that. Uh, okay, next question. Where do FC Santa Claus come from? Is it A, Lapland, B, Norway, C, Denmark, or D, Iceland? Uh, Norway. No, it's Lapland, you oh, fool. Like, I thought that was going to be a double bluff. I was thinking there's no way it's going to be Lapland. Oh, mate. All right, which of these players did Liverpool sign on Christmas Eve 2001? Was it A, Chris Kirkland, B, Jersey Dudek, C, Milan Barros, or D, Yari Litmanen. Um, 2001. Litmanen. Milan Barros. 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 Oh, okay. uh, one of the famous Alice Band wearing footballers. Famous Alice Band wearers and also uh, came to Portsmouth on loan and was absolutely brilliant except we didn't score a goal but he just ran defenders ragged that was his yeah, whole game he, he, he was he was very much that kind of um, Alan Smith like just tear around yeah. and nappy your defenders like out a, someone like a Paul the... Dickoff <laughs> yeah yeah slightly better Paul yeah Dickoff. high end Paul Dickoff okay yeah. uh, which players signed for Manchester United on Christmas Day was it A Henrik Larsson B Nemanja Fidic C Bebe room room yeah, and D Patrice Evra 
Uh, it definitely wasn't. I don't think it was um, ever. And I think that. Oh, um, what were the? You said ever. Who were the other? Larson, Vidic, Bebe, or Evra? Larson. Vidic. It's Vidic. Damn it. <laughs> it's going well, isn't it? Yes, I am. I'm doing really well. Okay, next question. Who won the only Premier League game to be played on Christmas Eve? Was it A, Aston Villa? B, oh, what Liverpool? Who knew this might be? C, Everton? Or D, yeah. Leeds? I believe it was Leeds. Are <laughs> <laughs> sure? It's true. Do you remember who it was? It was Leeds Man United. Yeah, who scored? Oh, was it? Was that the year Weatherall scored, or was it Yeboa? Yeboa, I think it was three-one. Yeah, Yeboa scored. It was uh, no, that that wasn't Brolin. What I played in that? Um, I think it was Brolin played in one. Yeah, Yeboa scored. I I remember Yeboa scoring. I won't tell you the other. Brian Dean did Brian Dean score? Most probably. He's always in all the facts. Yeah, I've got, I've got a funny. I I I was at that game. The reason why I know it, it was because I was at that game. But. Um, yeah, I do. I do remember that uh, that one. That really was the most wonderful time of the year. It was for me. Yeah, what a time <laughs> that was. Final question then. <clears throat> right. So you got one so far. If you can gamble that one point. <laughs> <laughs> for this, you want to gamble? Yeah, all right. What was funny about 1937's Christmas Day fixture between Charlton and Chelsea? Was it a the game was called off after they lost their only ball. B, a fan threw a Christmas pudding at a referee. C, the game was suspended due to fog without the goalkeeper realising. D, Charlton forgot to turn up, so Chelsea won by default. Um, so I'll go they, they lost their only ball. You're going for A, the game was called off after they lost their only ball. Bear in mind, you're gambling your, all your one point in this, and if you don't win, <laughs> Christmas is oh, over. You're going to have to tell Amy that it's cancelled. Uh, yeah, go on, I'll go for that. No! I'm afraid it's C, the game was suspended due to fog without the goalkeeper realising. <laughs> right. Yeah. So how, lo how long did they leave him out there for? Right, so it was suspended due to fog. Goalkeeper Sam Barton remained on the pitch without seeing that anyone else had left and was only informed 15 minutes later by a policeman who happened <laughs> to walk past him. He must have been stood there thinking, fucking hell, we're doing well. I, that's <laughs> it. I, I, once went to a, I once went to a Leeds game at, at Bolton when they were still at Burnham Park. You know, do you remember that old Bolton ground that had like the supermarket attached to it? <laughs> yeah, so we weren't there. And we, we got there quite late because it was really foggy, really like, ridiculously foggy. And we got there quite late. And we, I think we scored in like the... The first or second, Rob Wallace scored in the first or second minute, but it was down the far end of the pitch when he scored. And so all those Leeds fans at, this, at the other end, and I watched it, and there was that classic moment of ball hitting the back of the net, three seconds of silence, and then suddenly this eruption of cheering from us when the players started running towards us, <laughs> celebrating. That's, That's what football is all about, those yeah, moments, just, isn't it? Just like 11 Leeds players emerging out of the fog, celebrating, and us joining in. What a, what a moment that was. And on that bombshell, Phil... Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good time to leave. Unfortunately, you got zero points for the quiz, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll yeah. hopefully get lots of points in the upcoming game weeks. Good luck with that. 
I don't know if Thanks, we're playing man. each other yeah. throughout that whole period, but sure, if we are, you'll I've beat me. No idea. I think I'm playing Manners now, so that, oh, that's, nice. that's the only one I know about. That's a, that's a gimme, that one. Oh, don't say that. He always beats me. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful, isn't it? All right, then, Phil. Hey, man. Uh, Thanks. Enjoy your trip to uh, the in-laws. Don't drink too much. Don't get off of a mum. Always good advice. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's very sound advice. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say that to every person I meet. Don't get <laughs> off with the in-laws, you know, either or, you know, it's never a good idea. Not, not advice that you follow strictly, but it's uh, it's advice that you... I get you off with other people's in-laws, yeah, just not my own. Just not your own. Yeah, yeah, it's never a good idea. Never piss in your own patch, mate, especially at Christmas. Anyway, thanks very much then, Phil. Take care of yourself. Merry Christmas, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I told you already, I can't tell you. Please, just tell me who you are. God damn it, woman. I'm a journalist. There we go, our secret journalist, Phil Dorks. Bloody secret. Don't tell anyone. Uh, yeah, Phil Dorks. Thanks, mate. That was a good chat, wasn't it? Enjoyed that. Talked about Jose and the impact of um, him leaving Man United, if it does have an impact. But obviously, Pogba coming. We've discussed that. We know you've just listened. Hopefully, that'll help you guys. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, Phil was just saying off air, actually. He's managed to pull together a bit of a squad. He's having a bit of a tough time this season, but he's managed to pick up a couple of players on the waivers. He picked up Son because one of our Managers in our league stupidly dropped him on the wave. He's picked up Son, picked up Mkhitaryan, and they're doing well. Rondon has started scoring. Jesus has started scoring. Maybe because it's Christmas, who knows? So he's doing all right, old Phil. He's turned it around in our 11-team head-to-head league. We have Conte points, but no bonus points. Bit of a mistake, but never mind. But don't give up hope. You never know what's around the corner. If you are struggling, which I am a little bit, to be honest, I've lost two key players, Mendy and Gomez through injury. Look at the Conte points, you know, look at the Conte points. If you get all your players average four points per game, you're on to a winner. That's if you're doing head-to-head. If you're not, well, this is all just pointless information, isn't it? Mm. (laughs) And this fixture, well, we can't predict any fixtures really, but I would say personally, just my point of view, Huddersfield against Southampton could be a fixture worth looking at. I mean, there could be two clean sheets there, realistically. Might be worth investing in those cheap players, you know? You know, defenders, get them involved, get the clean sheet bonus. And that's it. Uh, we will be on Twitter over the Christmas period. We'll be back with the pod of the new year. We'll be back with uh, Manners. We'll be back. And we'll have uh, Who That Man, a Jet or player, of course, and maybe some new features. 2019 so many possibilities really looking forward to it it's gonna be so good but in the meantime we'll be on twitter big shout out to the twitter community of course um, hello guys you know who you are thank you for being so friendly and lovely joyous and um uh the uh, fantasy football chaps always have good tips on clean sheets etc worth checking them out uh, we ourselves will be posting sort of sort of predictions fixture predictions that may or may not happen I mean who knows like I said it's gonna be a shit show 
uh, in the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other. We'll see you in the new year, 2019. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Merry Christmas! It's Christmas! The Drop of the Sea Podcast. Christmas! And it's Christmas! Christmas. 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 Christmas.